Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. I want everybody, if you got to go to the restroom, create it quick because I don't want you to miss what I'm about to uh, throw at you. Turn to someone and say, we're about to have church. Well, we already had church, but, we, uh, but for the preaching of the gospel, I'm, there's, I, I feel that there's a lot of times here as a pastor that I teach. But today, I'm going to preach prophetically from a text in the Bible about something prophetically and symbolically of that everyone has. And so I give you permission to say amen. I give you permission to shout. I give you permission to say, that was good, pastor. If, <laughs> if, you're, if you're watching online... I want you to be involved. I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 38. Now, I've never preached this message before ever in my life. So I want you to turn to Genesis chapter 38, and uh, I'm not going to give you the graphic details of this story, because those of you who know this story, it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit graphic and it's a little bit grotesque uh, when, it comes to, uh, when it comes to godly family values. I'm not, so I'm going to read an end portion of this scripture. Hear me now. Hear me now. And then I'm going to mention Judah and Tamar. How many have ever heard of Judah and Tamar? See, there's about six of you. All right? So I'm going to mention Judah and Tamar at the end uh, so that you could understand why I chose this scripture. Oh, you're going to shout. Are you ready? Are you ready to get excited? Well, you're excited already. All right. Genesis chapter 38, verse 25 through 29. I know it's late, guys. I do apologize. The Holy Spirit moved. So uh, let's stay a little later today. And everyone said, when she was brought out, this is tomorrow. Now, this is not going to make sense, but I'm going to explain it to you. So just stay with me. Someone say, stay with me. Now, she, when she was brought out, man, I, I, just, I just feel like dancing all by myself. She sent her father-in-law. Okay, let me, let me pause and say this. What had, what had happened, so you understand what's happening tomorrow. I'm going to brief it re- real quick, and then I'm going to pull from a prophetic phase from this. Tamar wa- did not have any children from her father-in-law. And back in those days, her father-in-law, Judah, Judah, okay, was the father-in-law, and he, he arranged marriages. Back in those days, there was uh, arrangement of marriages. You understand that, right? So he arranged a marriage for this lady called Tamar to be with his first son, Ur. <laughs> Imagine the son, Ur. Like, uh, babe, what, what are we going to name this boy? Ur. And his name was Ur. So the Bible says Ur was given, real quick, Ur was given to this lady, Tamar. You follow me? The son, one of the sons, one of the three sons of Judah. Judah had three sons. Everybody say three sons. He had Ur, say Ur. He had Onan. Oh, brother Onan. He, and then he had Shayla. See, she, they wanted a girl, so they named her Shayla. But that, that was the name. Shayla, Sheila, however you want to call it. But it was a man, right? And the man called Shayla. I don't know. That's, that's them. So Ur was given to, to Tamar. Watch, watch, watch. Ur was given to Tamar. And the Bible says, I don't know what happened. It was just a little verse. But the Bible says, Ur did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord struck him. So here's, here's, here's Tamar that could have children, but didn't have children and wanted children to keep a legacy. Didn't have it with, with her, her, her first husband, Ur, because the Lord struck him. So this is, this, we're, we're mature folks, right? Are we mature? We're mature in the house? Can, can I, can, am I talking to, to grown folks here? Yeah, because sometimes we don't like to say the word sex in church. See, that, that just freaks somebody out right there. Like, I can't believe that's a curse word. No, God made sex good in marriage. Intimacy. Amen. It's in the Bible. 
So, so watch. So, so Onan, I won't get into graphic details, but Onan had sex with Tamar, but didn't want the responsibility of raising children. So he didn't allow her to get pregnant. He just didn't. Yeah. yeah. Basically, he wasted his seed on the ground. And the Bible says that, now, people get misconstrued. The Bible says that he did not like it because he wanted to leave a legacy. In other words, he wanted the satisfaction without the responsibility. Can I preach for a second? There's a lot of people in the church, I'm not even talking about that, that want the pleasure and, and want the satisfaction, but they don't want the responsibility to raising the spiritual baby that they produce by their actions. So the Lord slew him. So the Lord slew uh, uh, um, Onan. So now, Shelah, the youngest one, Judah, the father-in-law, said, hey, it's, he didn't know. He's like, that girl is crazy. It's because of that girl that my two sons are dead. I'm not going to give my third child to him, to her. So she, he said, hey, go away. And when he's mature, Shayla's mature, then I'll send, I'll send him to you. But that's not the plan, right? That wasn't the plan. So now Tamar's growing up, and she realized that, that, that Shayla is of age and wasn't given to her. Now, this is the, the gross part. I'm just doing this real quick, but I'm going to pull from a prophetic thing from here. Judah, everybody say Judah. His wife had died, and so after he mourned, uh, that's a whole other sermon. This is a whole other sermon, but it's different when you, wh- what happens when you act when you're worldly friends. He had a worldly friend, right? I forgot his name. It's in there. In, in, um, it starts with an H. So he had this worldly friend, and he started walking. After his wife um, passed away, he saw a prostitute. This is all in the Bible. This is, I'm not just making this up, okay? Tamar dressed herself up as a prostitute. And he had less problems, and so she, he thought that he was, she was just a, a, a prostitute and she had sex with her, right? Because now her, Judah's, Judah's wife had died. He did not know, this is the bad part, that he was having intimacy with his once daughter-in-law. Okay, that's, so I, I, don't wanna, I don't want emails, okay? I didn't write the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just telling you what Scripture says. If you read Scripture, you get grossed out. If this grosses you out, read it. That's what it says. Okay? So it, 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 ma- it, it makes it now. Now she said, okay, now I want, I want you to give me a, a promise that, that, you know, that things will happen. They're going to do it. So that she, said, she said, give me your signet, your cord, and your ring as a, as a uh, guarantee that you're going to give this to me as a, 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 a goat, a, 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 a little goat in return. This is where we pick up, okay? All right? When she was brought out tomorrow, she was sent. Oh, well, the reason brought out is because he had heard. They said, look, hey, tomorrow she's playing the harlot. She's supposed to be a widow. She was supposed to be widowed until Shayla happened. But now she was pregnant. But Judah didn't know he was pregnant with his own seed. Watch. I'm going somewhere. I know, I know. I'm going somewhere. I just wanted you to see. All right? You hear me? You follow? So she, they said, She's pregnant, she's a widow, and she was supposed to be, I mean, not widow, she's, a, <laughs> she's not a widow, she's by herself, she's supposed to wait for until uh, her husband. And Judah got upset and said, let, burn her, burn her. Literally, he said, pick it, take it outside and burn her. And this is where we pick up, right? She picked up and says, hey, by the way, um, when she was brought out, she sent her father-in-law saying, by the man she sent this. As she's getting out to be burned, she sends a message to Judah. By the man, 
whom these belong, I am with child. And she said, please determine whose these are, the signet, the cord, and the staff. And so Judah acknowledged them and said, she, Tamar, has been more righteous than I because I did not give her my son, Shelah. You hear me? You follow me? You can say amen. And he, Judah, never knew her again. You know what that word new means, right? Those of you who have been around at church, that means intimacy. Okay? How, when the Bible says, and Adam knew Eve, he's talking about intimacy. How you doing? I know you. Goodbye. Let's have pizza. <laughs> That's a whole nother. And Judah never knew Tamar again once he found out. He was never intimate with her again because he realized what happened. Now it came to pass. This is where, where I'm, I'm preaching at today. At the time for giving birth. Say birth. Behold, twins were in her womb. Say twins. Say twins. And so it was when she was giving birth woo, that one put out his hand. Could you imagine that? And the midwife took the scarlet thread and bound it on his hand, saying, This one came out first. Then, as that happened, as he drew back his hand, this first baby, the, his brother came out unexpectedly. And said, how did you break through? Say breakthrough. This breach be upon you. Therefore, his name was called Perez. How many Spanish people we got up in here? There's proof that there's Spanish people in the Bible. Come on. Perez. Come on, how many Perez in the house? Or former Perez. Well, Perez means breakthrough. It says, we're going to call this one that was jockeying and came out at the last minute, we're going to call that baby Perez, which in the Hebrew means breakthrough. And another word in that name that is called in the Hebrew, it means breakout. So watch. So I'm going to give you a tease because prophetically I'm going to speak to you this morning not about the story of Onan and not about the story of Ur, even though I gave you a background. Today, this morning, I want to talk about the spiritual twins in your womb. I want to talk about the twins in your room, in your womb, not your womb, your spiritual womb, that constantly one is bent to doing evil and one of them is bent towards seeking the will of God. One that is bent and jockeying for position and trying to fulfill the lust of the flesh and the other desire, the other spiritual twin, wanting righteousness and holiness. And there's a struggle and jockeying and battle in position inside your spiritual womb. Now listen, listen now, listen now, I know it's going to get quiet, but you're going to shout in a second, hopefully. <laughs> prophetically and symbolically, point number one. Prophetically and symbolically, we all have spiritual twins in our womb. Now don't tune me out, don't tune me out because I'm, I'm speaking prophetically. So some people are going to criticize me, but oh, no, 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 let me tell you something. We have twins. What I mean by twins is these desires, and I'm going to prove it to you. There's a desire in our fleshly nature that is bent to have satisfaction, and then there's the desire of our spirit that desires righteousness. And it doesn't happen automatically. Paul said, I have to crucify my, fle my flesh daily. Daily, and I'm going to show you scripture later that about what God does. And so, in this story, the twins in their in, in Tamar's womb were not passive. They were not passive. They were aggressive. They were always jockeying. They were struggling. They were they were uh, fighting inside the womb to see who would come out first. 
You know, sometimes if we're not disciplined enough, there's going to be the wrong twin jockeying for position inside of your heart. And if you don't pay attention to that other desire that's that's drawing you away from the will of God, it may be jockeying for position and it seeks to come out and try to ruin everything that God is trying to do in your life. He's tr- it's trying to trying to ruin the the things that God has done, the inner conflicts, the battles that produce low self-esteem, that produce shame. Why? When we give in to these desires in us, when we give in to these desires of our flesh, then it will produce death. The Bible says in James that it will produce death. Everybody say that. So from time to time, the inner struggle and the inner fight on a daily basis, listen, That inner struggle that we don't tell anybody about, hallelujah, there's a side that everybody sees of you. Then there's a side that nobody sees of you. Can I hear? This is the the little twins inside of you. There's a side that everyone sees when you're at work, and there's a side that everyone sees when you're at home. Can I preach a little bit here? Can I preach a little bit? There's a side of you that comes and, and puts that thing on at work, and everyone respects you or in ministry. And then there's another side that happens when you are at home. In other words, there's that other twin that's trying to come out, that spiritual twin that's, that's called your fleshly nature, that's trying to come out and ruin these things that God has planned. Watch this. There is the things that people see. There's things that nobody sees. So when you're at home, you have nobody to impress. But when you're at work, you have everybody to impress. (laughs) So there's 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 these spiritually. We got these two different spiritual. Again, I'm. This is not. Don't dissect this theologically, okay? Because this is a prophetic message. Inside of you, there's two spiritual folks jockeying for position. Jockeying to which one comes out first. Which one comes out first and they're struggling. Everybody say struggling. Say struggle. Say struggle. And if we're not careful, those desires will creep up on us. Some people think that just because we're saved, we don't have any responsibility to hold back that, other, that fleshly desire that desires Lust, desires anger, that desires bitterness, that, that, that desires gossip. We think just because Jesus died on the cross and we're, and we're the sons and daughters of God that we have no responsibility in holding things back. Does the Bible say resist the devil and he'll flee? No, it doesn't. It says submit to God, resist the devil, then he'll flee. It's a two-chain combination. It's not just resisting the devil. It's your responsibility is to submit to God and then resist the devil and he'll flee. You and I have a responsibility to deal with that other twin inside of us that wants to ruin everything that God is doing in our life. Come on, you could run around you some days and you're spending time with God and you're the next thing to Moses. But they could bump into you and when you're having a bad day and you're howling at the moon. And people don't want to be around you. And people are intimidated of you. Because on your private time, that other twin is coming out. And the true nature of what's happening inside of you is coming out. But over here, you're, you're, you're nice and you're good. Because you have people to impress. And the proven principle is this. I want you to see this. Watch this. Say twins. Watch this. James chapter 4. Look at this. NIV. Verse 1. Look at this, the scripture. James chapter 4 verse 1. Are you ready for this? Say amen. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire, that battle within you? Hello? 
Where does the fights and the quarrels happen among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle? Say within. Say within. Say within. The struggle is in the room. The struggle is inside your womb. Within you, watch this. Look at Galatians 5. Real quick. It's up there on the screen. Verse 16 through 17. You guys know this. This is the fruits of the Spirit. But I love how the NLT says it when it comes to that, that, that whole that whole chapter of the flesh and the spirit. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. I'm just reading from the scriptures, okay, guys? Then the sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just, watch this, the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires. Oh, my, my, my. The spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. Watch this, watch this, watch this. Are you ready? These two forces, these two twins are constantly fighting each other. You hear me? These two forces, these two, for my preaching's sake, twins in your womb are constantly fighting each other. Watch this. It says, so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. But if you keep reading, the Holy Spirit gives us power to crucify those the flesh. Right? Can I hear an amen? Sometimes... I know it's a cliche, but the struggle is real. I know we say, the struggle is real. But you know what? The struggle is actually real. I get tired of people in the church that think that they don't, they don't have any struggles. They don't, they don't have, I'm not gloating about struggles. But let me tell you, Paul says, I, if I boast, I'm going to boast on my infirmities. I'm going to boast on all the things that are happening to me. Don't tell me that Christians don't have these battles going inside of them. If Paul the apostle had this, th these battles inside of him... Let me tell you something. The Bible says, in my flesh there dwelleth no good thing. I like the King James, dwelleth. <laughs> Turn to someone and say, the struggle is real. You know, you know Misty Edwards? You know Misty Edwards? She sang a song one time that changed my life. I was at OHOP, and it was not even, I don't even think it's on, on CD. Maybe you could correct me. But it was this, maybe it is. <laughs> but, but she was in this prayer room, and Misty said, there's a war on the inside. It's the arena to demonstrate my love for you. And I can't sing, but it's okay. There's a war on the inside. Watch this. The inside is the arena where I finally conquer things to demonstrate my love for you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I know that. Listen to this. If you don't get this, you're going to miss this because there is always that thing that wants to do right and one thing that wants to do wrong. But here's the illustration I want to give you. Sometimes this wrestling match inside of you could happen in Christian environments while we're preaching. What? Okay, watch this. I'm going to get some. Come here, Lewis. Come here, Lewis. He doesn't know that I'm doing this. So here, here's your spirit man. Here's your spirit. He's a, here's the twin. He's a good twin. He's your spirit. He desires righteousness, right? He desires to, to live right. And he's preaching and he's teaching and he's, and he's, he's saying hallelujah. So you could jump, jump. jump. You could shout hallelujah. Say shout, hallelujah. Say hallelujah, right? You could spin. You could spin in church. You could speak in tongues. <laughs> okay, right? Get slain in the spirit, right? Get back up. Lift up your hands. Lift up your hands. Now keep saying hallelujah. Keep saying. Hallelujah. And that other twin is saying, how you doing, baby? Hallelujah. <laughs> Watch this. Hallelujah. So, here's, a, here, here's the twin. He's in, while you're at church, you're saying, I'm still here. 
How are you doing? And then you, the, the evil twin is like, man, look at that person in that, in that, in that stage. I just can't stand them. And why, 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 are you, why are you worshiping? Watch this. Watch this. Oh, look at that girl over there, man. And then your spirit says, keep your hands raised. Keep your hands raised. But you're married. You can't do that. Keep it, keep it. And the other, other twin is saying, it don't matter. just between me and you. I'm just looking. You know, we act like we don't do that. And we come to church, and just because we're lifting up our hands, sometimes if we're not careful, that, that other twin could start jockeying for position in you to distract you. To distract you. When Christina was, was singing, and she said, what is something new? What is something new that's happening? You know what? What I felt, I said, maybe having devotions without being distracted. That's, that's new to me. Undistracted devotion. So I, I, so I know I started late. I started about 12, so I'm, I'm trying to hurry here. Undistracted devotion. Say undistracted. You could, have, you could be in a devotional setting and be distracted. And can I just be very transparent with you guys? I will if you say yes or no, but I'm going to ask you anyways. I'm, it, that was for me. That when the Lord told me, under, what is, when, when Christina said, what is it something new? What is it if Jesus was here? And I felt the Lord say, undistracted devotion. And you know what undistracted devotion means? I'm so busy sometimes during praise and worship. People are giving me, I'm having to do the service. It's hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. Now go ahead and do that sound. Turn that sound on. Or do that, I need this. And God says, put that phone down. That's that, that's that struggle. That's that struggle in the womb. That's that struggle. He said, I, I, he said, I know that you're worshiping me, but you don't have everything of me today. He's talking to me. He's talking to me. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm thinking about the service. Thinking about and God says, put the phone down. You're distracted. There's a war on the inside. There's a twin. It's the arena. It's trying to come out and ruin the things of God by distracting you. If he can't get you in the world, he'll distract you in the church. Oh. If he can't get you back to the bars, he'll use distraction while you're worshiping the Lord. While you're in a Christian setting, you could be around a hundred Christians and be unengaged in anything that's happening in the spirit realm. Might as well go back to the couch and eat some pizza and some ice cream. Because just because you jump and shake, that doesn't mean that other twin inside of you is not being crucified by your decisions. Come on, say amen. Ooh, I'm going to try to hurry. You determine which twin comes out. Say, I determine what twin comes out. Sometimes anger comes out, sometimes righteousness comes out. Why? It's because that twin inside of you is constantly jockeying. You've never dealt with it. Let's look at the next point on the screen real quick. Whatever you neglect whew, will starve, and whatever you feed will grow. I told you I feel like preaching today. Whatever you neglect will starve, whatever you feed will grow. In other words, that twin that's inside of you, the spiritually speaking, if you feed the flesh, the flesh will grow. And even though you are a Christian, you can be dominated by your fleshly desires. But if you feed your spirit, now I'm not only talking about abstaining from sexual stuff. I'm talking about how we speak to each other, how we interact with each other. Why has not not been crucified? Because our attitudes sometimes stink. Our attitudes 
stink. There's always something going to war in you against the word of God. You know that that's true. There's always something in you say, I don't like, I don't know, I'm going to prove him wrong. You know, some people live to prove me wrong theologically. I'm going to email you. I'm going to talk to you about that point that you did. Really, is that where your focus is at the whole service? Trying to dissect theologically and hermeneutically how, how I break things down? Is that what your focus is? Or another one is, you know what, hurry up. I, I got to go eat. I got to go eat. Or it could be that anger issue that you, that's that twin. And that anger issue, you have not beat that thing down. I want to tell you what Paul did in a minute. The Bible says Paul had to beat some things down. You know, we talk about, I'm going to beat you down. You need to start telling your flesh, I'm going to beat you down. <laughs> I am going to beat you down. Let me tell you what. Look at, that, look at that scripture in Corinthians. I know I'm jumping around. Look at that scripture in Corinthians that I, that, that, that I, gave, uh, that I gave you, Zach. It's, where is that at? It's way down there. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, verse 27. Look, look at this. 1 Corinthians 9. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Look at this. Do you not know that those who run in a race all but run to receive a prize run in such a way that you may attain it? Look at this, and everyone who competes for the prize is temporary in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Look at verse 26. Therefore I run. Now is that the, is that the NLT? Or did I give you NLT? Maybe I did, maybe I didn't. No, it's Luke King James. Okay, you're safe. Therefore, I run, not with uncertainty, <laughs> thus I fight. Watch this. Not as one who beats the air. Are you ready for this? Oh, 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 oh. But I beat, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should be disqualified. He goes, I crucify my flesh daily. I have news for you. He said that after he was saved, not before. He said, I crucify my flesh daily. Say daily. daily. Say daily. So whatever you neglect will starve, and whatever you feed will grow. There's one thing when the war is in the city and in the state with politicians. There's another thing when the war is in Afghanistan or in the United States or even in your family. But what do you do when all the war and all the fighting and all the conflict and all the noise is inside of you? What do we do when the noise of our conflict is louder the silence of his voice. The noise of our conflict within us is louder for our ability to hear God's voice. We're so consumed with that other twin that's pulling us away from the, the things of God that at times we can't even hear God's voice saying, I'm here. Are you ready for this? That's why we could have public success and private failure and no one ever know about it. Oh, I'm, I'm going to sit down here, Radius. Okay, sir. Woo! <laughs> that was so good. Sorry about that. We can have public success and private failure all at the same time because no one is ever knowing what you're battling with that twin inside of you. So people will see the success, but at home and private, there are failures. That's why it could be the best of time and the worst of time all at the same time. I don't know if that's sign language, but I'm going to do the best of times, the worst of times, all at the same time. Don't you feel that way sometimes? It could be the best of times and the worst of times all at the same time. 
How could you have public success and all these accolades and all these doors opening you and inside of you, you feel trapped and always given into the same pattern? Oh, because we haven't dealt with that twin in our womb. We haven't dealt with the jockeying that is going inside of us. If you, listen, whatever you neglect or ignore can result in destruction. If you neglect AIDS, if you neglect cancer, cancer, AIDS, or these sickness will destroy you. If you, if you neglect or ignore the enemy on attacking you, it will destroy you. I'm not here to tell you, you got to make up your mind this morning. You got to make up your mind this morning and say, I'm going to address this twin inside of me. And it may not just be lust. It may be, can I just be real honest? Sometimes we think this twin is like always two things, pornography or drugs. That's what we think. But what if it's laziness? What if that twin in you is very passive and doesn't want to go to anywhere and just has dominated your thought life so much that you're no longer involved, you no longer want to get involved, you no longer want to be a part of anything, you're just, lit, you're just floating by, you're passive and you're not aggressive going after the things of God. How about if that's the twin jock in you? It will destroy the call of God in your life. We got inside of us that if we don't beat it down and if we don't pull it back it will mess up your marriage it will mess up your family it will mess up your calling it will mess up your relationship it will mess up your mind if we don't push it back and push and, and push that thing down we got things in us that can destroy us and I'm going to have four points and I'm going to close are you ready are you ready for this the twins are in our womb and the twins that I'm talking about it's not who you are when you're in a crowd that matters. It's who you are when you're alone that matters. When you're in a Christian environment, even the backslider could blend in and lift up their hands and nobody will ever know. The person who has a chronic addiction of anger, a, a, a chronic condition of laziness, or a chronic condition of whatever it may be, no one will ever notice because all we have to do is slip up our hands. Everyone else is doing it, so I'll do it right now. Hey, jump, so I'm going to jump. But the twin in you is jockeying to come out. That, 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 that um, twin that you have not beat down. How about this? The Lord told me this. Maybe that twin inside of you is your propensity to gossip, and you haven't crucified that. It's your propensity to talk back. And watch this. This is, this is really good. Some of you are going to hate me for this. Some of that twin is coming against submission. Submission is that twin. So I don't want to submit. I don't want to submit to the to the pastor. He doesn't know much, that much as I do. <laughs> pop that bubble. Pop that bubble. Pop that. Pop. 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 <laughs> Let me tell you something. I always say I don't deserve to, to be in the position I am, but God saw something in me that He allowed it to happen. So I'm going to tell you four things. Say four, and we're going to close. Oh boy, I'm going to get in trouble by a lot of people. Sorry, I sorry. I apologize in advance for the time. You guys forgive me? You guys forgive me? All right. Number, uh, I'm going to have the worship team come up very soon. So how do we deal with this other twin? How do we deal with it? I'm going to give you th four points, and then the last one you're going to shout, and there's going to be a revelation that's going to catapult you back home like a fireball. Are you ready? I'm going to give you something that, that I've been brewing for two weeks, and I've never said this, and it's going to be in the fourth point. The first point is this. How do we deal with it? Number one, I'm going to give you some practical things, not just all spiritual, but it is spiritual. We need to recognize it. 
Wait a minute, wait a minute. That doesn't seem spiritual. Because if you, there's a, there's a law, there's a spiritual law that just like there is a sowing and there's a reaping, there's whatever goes up what must come, right? That's a law, right? There's a law of recognition. If you don't recognize the other twin, it will beat you down. If I am preaching to you and you say, Pastor George, there's someone behind you with a bat about to hit your head. And I say, oh, that's just, that's just the enemy. That's just the devil. I rebuke that. Nothing's going to happen. If I don't recognize it, I can't defend myself. We think the angel of the Lord is going to stop the person in the bat all the time. But let me tell you something. If you don't recognize it, it will dominate you. Listen to this. Stop thinking that it will magically go away. I want to just hit on that for a second. Some of you are thinking that the other twin that's battling you and ruining your marriage, that anger, that lust problem, the pornography problem, the, the watch this, the gambling problem, the overspending, the overspending nature of you wants to pop out. If you don't discipline that, it will ruin your marriage. And it's not going to magically go away. It's not. The Lord redeemed you, but you still have to renew your mind. Why would Paul the Apostle in Romans say, don't be conformed to this world if you're already a Christian? If you're already a Christian, don't be conformed to this world, but be renewed by the, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why would he say that if it's just automatically going to happen when you get saved? Don't let me go into the aisle in there. God wants you to grow, but it's your responsibility to make sure that those things happen. So you got to recognize it. Recognize that twin. Now, while I'm preaching to you, you're recognizing there's a a twin. There's a couple twins in me that I have not dealt with since my childhood, and and it's affecting my marriage. It's affecting my relationship with people. My past rejection, that's that twin that wants to come out and manifest and manifest that desire outward publicly. Pull down strongholds. That's how you, 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 you want to know how pull, what pulling down strongholds is? I'm going to give you, uh, we all say, oh, we're going to pull down strongholds. You know what that really means? Has anybody ever broke that down to you? What strongholds are? It's a fortress. It's a fortress that people build. Watch this. People build not only in their mind, but watch this. The enemy hides behind the fortress. Oh, you ain't, you ain't getting me. You ain't getting me. So, so what happens is, is strongholds, that, that evil twin, and it builds strongholds and builds walls and, and all. Spiritual grass, grasses, and it's all up because of your thoughts, because of your actions. You build up strongholds, and the enemy is hiding behind the strongholds so that when you're trying to attack, you don't recognize what you're doing. But when you pull down strongholds, he's exposed. You see him. When, it, when we say, I, when God says, when Paul says, pulling down every thought, strongholds, you know what he's th- talking about first? He's talking about everything that exhausts itself against the knowledge of Christ, every thought. Watch this. I crucify it. He says this, then pulling down strongholds. So your thoughts create strongholds. Got quiet up in this Methodist church here. Another thing about recognition, I'm going I'm to clo- close. I just have to go this quick. You must recognize, watch this, it's patterns. When does this twin pop up the most in your life? When you're alone at 8.30 or 11.30 at night, when, when you're around a certain type of people, when you're envi- around a certain type of environment, when does this twin pop up? Maybe that twin is fear and passivity, and you're battling in that, and it manifests when you're around a lot of people, and it shuts you up, shuts the gift of God up. Hello? Hello? You're bold in private, but when, when you're around people...
Okay. Is this good? Should I, should I switch? Should I switch? Keep going? Okay. The next one, are you enjoying this? Yeah. All right. Worship team, you can come up there now. The worship team, you can come up. Thank you, Christina. And the worship team, for your patience. I'm going to really be quick so that, amen. Number two, say number two. Here's how you deal with it. You recognize it. Number two, you expose it. Say expose. expose. Say expose. expose. Are you ready for this revelation? You want to know how you expose it? Oh, man. Please, please. I'm about to give you a nugget. Do you know how you expose it? The twin in you. Hear me. You talk about it. In other words... You start letting it come out from the darkness of shame and, uh, and, and unsolitariness, and you talk about that twin. You talk about it. Pastor George, I don't want to do that. That's why we're still in bondage. Because Bible says in James, it says, confess your faults one to another that you may be healed. Not the one hearing it, the one that's saying it. Because the enemy lives in, uh, in, in darkness and in isolation. So the way that you expose that twin is say, I have a problem with this. I need a godly source in my life to talk about what's going on in my life. And when you begin to talk about it. You get hidden and the enemy says, no, don't talk about it because you expose him. And now people are going to keep you accountable to that. Watch, watch, watch. Look at the, how many know John Bevere? I know, I, know, uh, I know Christina and John love John Bevere. Look at the quote that I read from John Bevere. Are you getting something? Look at this, look at this. I saw, it, I, I saw it just two days ago when I was already preparing my message. I was scrolling through Facebook and I saw this. A quote from John Bevere. Look what it says. One of the most insidious effects of sexual sin, he's talking about sexual sin here, is that it causes a great deal of shame which leads us to isolate us from others. The enemy loves to isolate us because it makes us vulnerable to his attack. Listen, listen, listen. If you want to be strong against his schemes, you have to stand with other believers and stop trying to fight battles on your own. Now, now watch. This is John Bevere. This is John Bevere. Look what it says. Oh, I shouted when I heard this. Stop waiting to open up to others until you get free and instead start opening up to others so that you can get free. Stop waiting to open up to others. I'm going to open up when I get free. No, you're never going to open up then. I know there's shame involved. I know it. But that's where the trick, the enemy wants to stay in that shame. You know, husbands, I want to speak to you, and I'm going to speak to the wives. Husbands, talk about it with another man. Talk about it with your wife. If you have anger problems, if you have lust problems, don't just keep saying, hey, you know what, I'm going to do this, and I, and I have arguments. Why do you think some of these arguments happen? Because this twin has not been dealt with. You say, talk about it. I need a trusted source. Hey, I have a lazy problem. I'm passive. I'm scared. I'm fearful. Or I'm angry. Talk to someone that's a source. Well, Brother George, all we need is God. Then throw away James, the book of James. Throw away the Bible in, in, in the book of Psalms where it's talking about people. 
Stop waiting to open up until you get free and instead start opening up to others so that you can get free. A big part of breaking free from the grip of darkness, watch this, is bringing it to the light. In other words, exposing it. Are you following me? As long as you keep things in the dark, let this hit you like a fireball. It is very difficult, if not impossible, to heal. Ooh, let that sink in. Some of you have these twins that no, you never talked to anybody about inside your womb. Just insecurities that you talk to nobody about. Not even your husband, not even your wife. These fears. And, and, and it's manifesting now on your relationships with your spouse, but also with church members. So you got to expose it. Say expose it. The way you expose it is by talking about it. I know that's freaky. But listen, I, I want to help you. I want to help you. If you have a porn problem, the biggest thing that the enemy will want to do is say, don't talk to anybody about it. You know why? Because he's hiding behind that stronghold. Once you talk to somebody about it, that, that stronghold is down. And he, my God, they caught me. I guarantee you, you talk to a trusted source and you cry together, whatever that twin is. I, he just said sexual things, but it could be anger. It could be laziness. Expose it. Are you ready for the third one? The last one, you're going to run around the church and shop. The third one, and I'm closing, in the next two points, discipline yourself. You want to beat that twin up? Don't just, don't just expose it. Discipline. Discipline. What is discipline? Pastor John and, and Pastor Christina, they, when I was away on the cruise, they talked about disciplines. What are some disciplines? Fasting, praying, the Word of God. You cannot beat that twin up if you're empty in the, from the word. And please don't speed up just to, to, to write a checklist of your to-do list that you did a devotional. That's not what God wants. God doesn't want, okay, I have 15 minutes. Let me read my daily devotional. Got that done. Check mark. Is how much of the word do you want in you so that you can really be able to walk in victory? The psalmist said, hide your word in my heart so that I may not sin against you. But guess whose responsibility is to crack open the word? You. The, the, tomorrow when you wake up, the angel of the Lord is not going to come to your bedroom with a scroll in his hand and making you read it. You have to open it. You have to get up and pray. I said you got to get up and pray. I said you got to get up and pray. Discipline yourself. D discipline can cure everything. That's a whole other message. If you're just disciplined, if you learn how the secret discipline, you will cure everything. And I, I will challenge everyone in here, one-on-one, -on -one, I'm not saying this at most, and I'll say, whatever problem you have, if you learn discipline, you'll, you'll overcome it. Well, I have a problem. I have a problem, uh, you know, giving. Well, discipline yourself to give more. Well, I have, a, I have a problem with praying. Well, you know what? Don't, don't go by your emotions or your feelings and do it anyways. Eventually, discipline will solve everything. Here's the last one. Oh, boy. Here's the last method of how to get your breakthrough. How many want a breakthrough? Come on. How many, how many are waiting for a breakthrough? Are you ready for this? Christina knows because I said it. The fourth one is that praise is the seed for your breakthrough. Why do I say that? Because while the twin is jockeying in you and while you're going through a dry season and you're bearing no fruit, no children, the way that you have a seed of breakthrough is when you praise. And the Bible says that Judah's translation is praise.
And Tamar, who had no children, married praise. So when barrenness and unfruitfulness marries and is intimate with praise, there's a seed of breakthrough that is living inside an individual. And when when that one evil twin is trying to come out, praise inside of you holds that twin back and said, no, I'm going to come out first. Righteousness is going to come out first. Mercy is going to come out first. Compassion is going to come out first. I'm going to pull that pride down. And I'm the breakthrough. I am the breakthrough. Oh, come on. Lift up your hands to the Lord. Come on. Lift up your hands to the Lord. There's a seed when you praise God, when all hell is breaking loose and you don't feel like it and you're tired and you're weary. The Bible says Judah means praise. And so when Judah started, started having intimacy with Tamar, she produced a seed called breakthrough. Because when that one son came out and they put that scarlet on his wrist, that breakthrough said no. That evil one, that lust, that anger, I refuse to let that go. I'm grabbing you and breakthrough is coming. Your breakthrough is through your praise. Don't look at me like I have an egg on my head right now. You all looking at me weird, but I'm telling you, if you go crazy just for a little bit, just for a little bit, I'm not talking about fast songs. I'm not talking about slow songs. I'm talking about when you have no spiritual fruit in your life, put on a CD, put on something and begin to praise the Lord. And as you praise God, the seed of breakthrough is going to come forth through you. Come on. Come on. Come on. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.